0: Hello and welcome to BakaCast, episode 392. I am your host, Dustin, and with me today is Larry. Hi, y'all. And Ben. What's up? As always, you can find show notes at www.audioentropy.com or uh, projecthari.net. And uh, for this week, we'll be talking about still quite a few shows because we're sticking with the format where we just watch whatever the hell we feel like and then we get together and maybe we match up who knows uh, <laughs> so for our first review we will be discussing a fruits basket episodes 18 through 19 uh, yes the monkey yeah I basically watched I basically watched all the shows because I have no life. Wow, these were really skippable episodes, weren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, there was very little monkey business. The only thing is we <sighs> almost saw Toru fall off the roof.
0: Yeah, like... Episode 18 um, was... It was fine, I guess. Like, I don't know, there wasn't a whole lot about it that was... Particularly interesting. Like, we get, we get introduced to the tiger... And she's fine, I guess um but man, nineteen was real bad
1: uh, well the um, the run in between her and the uh, uh editor
0: yeah, that, so not only okay. is is the subplot or like the primary plot in that episode focusing on like the one um subplot between. Uh, I think it's Shigure yep. and his editor, yep. which is the worst side story uh, in all yeah. of Fruits Basket because it's so irritating. Well, um, it,
1: he's he's a typical writer when it comes to screwing around with his editor. He just takes it a lot further than most.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be a decent, jokey side story if the second half of it wasn't just like her entire character was just screaming constantly which hey guess what now we have two characters in the same episode who scream constantly and one of them is also a venue for the old school style of trans representation which is to say oh they're still a boy, actually. It's just that wearing female clothing makes them feel more comfortable. And we're still going to call them a boy. Uh, um, so, love to see that old school trans erasure.
2: Yeah, but the, the, uh... That's the thing, is what? that the, like, the author... Like, yeah, the, the, I think... That's one of my issues with Fruits Basket is the author is... Awfully, like, cishet normative.
0: Yeah. Like, it it did end up being better than I was fearing because in a lot of shows of this... In a lot of stories of this particular era, uh, they'd be making a lot more jokes at the trans person's expense. Uh, Whereas in this, it's mostly just playing up... uh, the two characters who find out um, to- Toru and the editors like confusion, and that's pretty much it. But also, like, it you know, it's the one part of the show that does not age real well. <laughs> uh, and combined with the fact that this plot just has absolutely nothing going for it and is just really just, just, just aura, or- like orally speaking. A disaster. I like thirty percent of it is just two Japanese people screaming in my ears. Like it's not.
1: Yeah. It's not enjoyable. No, it was uh, the the mute button did get used a few times. That was the nice thing about having sub dialogue. You knew you could tell by they were screaming, and all you had to do was read the dialogue. So yeah, the absence of noise was uh, these episodes. I, I have rating numbers for them. Uh,
2: I thought these episodes were okay, but nothing great. I think the big problem is that they sort of... Uh, the, the big problem is they reach Freddy right
0: ground that had been done better in earlier episodes. Yeah, I, I especially think that's true of episode 18. Like, Toru has done this so many times with various members of the Soma family that, like, the tiger just feels redundant it's like she doesn't do enough to distinguish herself from the rest of the soma family yeah that was uh that was my issue with episode 18
2: although you know she's a decent character still she's a decent character though
0: yeah i mean she doesn't actively annoy me so that's better than like oh the mo- at yeah, least two the other monkey, members of the family the monkey stick <laughs> okay the monkey stick got
2: old real fast
0: yeah. yeah, it's kind of like the snake, yeah.
1: snake shtick. Yeah, i got to be careful how at, I say that.
0: Yeah, at the very least, Tiger... At the very least, I wouldn't be upset to see Tiger again, unlike Boar and Monkey, who are just irritating whenever they show up. So, so
1: with that said... She's got I, that
0: going for her. Yeah,
1: so with that said, I give episode 18 a 3 and 19 a 2.
0: Yeah, I agree I'm, with that. I'm going to give 19 a 1, just because, like, I very nearly, just halfway through, just shut down the browser tab. But, yeah, like, 18's fine. Like, I can't, don't really, I didn't dislike it enough to give it less than a 3.
2: Well, my big problem with 19 wasn't just the monkey. It was, it was the, it was, it was Shigure, because... Like oh, Shigure, yeah. most of the time Shigure is pretty cool, but his editor brings out the worst in him because the like his,
0: the way he releases it it makes Shigure just like a total
2: douche. Yeah, and that's not it, a good it definitely look. Definitely paints
0: him in a way worse light than you normally see him in.
1: Yeah, well, and the problem is, is he almost took that direction towards Toru and then thought better about it because she was ready to hack him up in little pieces and throw him out the window. Moving right along, he said.
0: Yeah, so next up we have Carol on Tuesday, episodes 13 through 17.
1: Toby. Yeah yeah you, you, you knew Gus was going to find somebody that this just what this series needed was another relic of a past although Toby's attitude was um uh, a little <clears throat> coarser than I thought it was going to be
2: um, I'm not quite I thought, I <laughs> that aspect that aspect was fine.
1: I actually said I'm not. I'm not saying it was bad. It was just kind of unexpected when he come barreling out of the house with an axe in his hand, looking like Santa Claus on a uh, long field trip. <clears throat> Angry Claus, yes. Um, Toby going after music. Uh, Ertegun, uh going broke.
2: Uh, Structurally, these episodes were all over the place.
1: Yeah, I know. A- A- Angelo stalker, uh, mom's political. Uh, yeah, this, this. I mean, if we went through episode by episode, we could take an hour just to cover the four episodes.
0: Oh boy! Yeah, well, we're
1: not going to. Uh,
2: are we? Are we? Thank uh, you,
0: thank we... you for sparing me that fit.
2: Uh, yeah. It's. I mean, I, The thing is, I like these episodes overall. Uh, there's, like, a few aspects, like, uh, there's a few aspects that are kind of, uh, are, are like, they don't really make a whole lot of sense, uh, yeah, because they basically kind of, they kind of, like, wreck the world building in favor of making, it is in favor of making, like, uh, making jokes, basically, like, like, okay, once again, like, like in episode 17, they have uh, Erdogan basically gets. Uh, basically loses all of his money. Uh, loses all of his money because uh, his rogue AI basically. He has a rogue AI that basically runs off with all of his money.
1: Yeah, the money manager took off with the. Yeah. All the cash
2: disappeared. Okay. Yeah, that kind of. I mean, it's funny, but. It's dumb.
1: Well no, there's a lot of people that have woke up in one morning and found out that their bank accounts have been cleaned out. Just the way they handled it was uh
2: Well, yeah, like having it having it having a person do that, that would be one thing. Having an AI doing that is dumb. Well no, It makes no it makes no sense.
1: Now, you gotta remember now we've gone far enough in the future that AIs do have the Person, I mean, Bebop was was heading for that, and you got to remember this came from the same person who did Bebop. So he's finally made AIs a uh, sentient life form. Yeah, I know. yes yeah. don't go there. I, I know. I don't buy it.
0: Well, what I guess I the... mean that that's always sort of been a weird thing with Carol and Tuesday, where the actual like. Advancement of this society in terms of technology is extremely nebulous. Yeah, like they're on Mars with apparently perfectly ter- perfectly executed terraforming technique, but like, uh, what does that mean for the rest of the technology? <laughs> yeah, I'm also curious
2: if they ever go on tour on Earth. How are they going to adjust to Earth gravity?
0: That'll be that'll oh, also be... also what what is the space travel travel time like? You know?
1: Well, it just depends if they're taking the uh, the local or, or running in on the bebop. Um, okay, I had to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just, you know. Well, I, I mean, you know, they okay, get yeah. to the ship and Faye would greet them, going, "Oh yeah, what are you two doing here?" Um, I think well, the the things that got me were Toby's lack of musical appreciation at times, even though he his critical was extremely critical. Eventually, he did know what he was looking for, and it did sound good. The Angela walking in and catching Tao playing with the AI Angela was like, yeah, what's that? Oh, she's just an experiment. No, I got a feeling that she's out to replace Angela. <clears throat> um, Angela's stalker is, um, well, at the end of the last episode, looks like Angela's stalker is more than a stalker. Oh
2: yeah, because right because yeah because at the end of because at the end of episode seventeen, <clears throat> what happens is you have uh, like okay there's this dude Aaron who's like this IT guy this IT guy who's uh, kind of has the hots for Angela and is like trying to get in her pants, uh, and you know and and so he's like hanging out with her and you know paparazzi or paparazzi are like basically you know, tweeting all about how, uh, tweeting all about how, like, Mo, maybe they're dating, um, when they're not, uh. But then, there's this dude, uh, there's this dude, uh, who, who's, like, whose net name is Black Knight, who's been, like, basically posting, who's been basically posting all over the place, and, uh, he's sort of escalated. <laughs> and, uh, so at the end of episode 17, he basically runs Aaron over with, uh, he runs Aaron over with a car. Well, he runs, he, he takes an
1: autonomous car and mows Aaron down with it. Well, yeah. Yeah, right. because he was, uh, he was nothing involved. He was standing there with the remote going, hey, this is neat. If I do this and this and this, hey, it runs him over. Cool.
2: Yes, because in this, uh, in this, yes, in this, uh, in this era, in this, in this world, uh, yes, cars are basically pilot, are basically driven by AI, driven by AIs and they can be hacked.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, when you get in a car and there's no steering wheel, you get right out. Because that means you have no control over it. Um, the Tal taking Angela to do Ertugan's new song was like, okay. And uh, the release of Carolyn Tuesday single that started at number 53 and had climbed its way into the teens by the time the episode 17 ended, should be interesting. And then the run-in with the political advisor, Tuesday's mom, Tuesday's brother, all of that <clears throat> side story, right? Uh, right.
2: Yeah. So, 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 to 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 put this in context. All right. Yes. Uh, Tuesday's mom is running for president of Mars, and she's going on a very, uh, very populist, uh, populist uh, kind of. Uh, xenophobic isolationist uh protectionist platform mm. oh good um mm-hmm. yeah and and right so she's all about like keeping keeping uh keeping earth people out of keep you know keeping earth people away from mars and uh and is like a part of her platform which she is uh, basically adopted with the advice of this uh con- this uh you know consultant who's been work who's like you know who's like working with an ai working with a you know Political consulting AI, you know, so he's got an algorithm that keeps, that tracks the, uh, that tracks the polls. And, uh, so at this this point, at this point, she's, at this point, she's behind in the polls. And so she starts basically, you know, going, you know, going all in on the, uh, going all in, trying to like, basically have a trade war with Earth. Um, Mm -hmm. and her son, Spencer... Who's like? your her son Spencer. Is like, this policy's dumb. Don't do it. And and her uh, consultant is like, ah, oh, but no, nah, this will this will pull better. What if we did though?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Her, and her consult, her consultant is portrayed as a elderly southern gentleman in a double-breasted suit, ready to sell you chicken. Of course. You know, it's just kind of like, uh uh-huh, the typical, he's, he's the typical Southern politician. That's how he's portrayed. Now, whether he is or not, doesn't really matter, but that's how he's coming across.
2: Well, no, what he is, is that he's basically, uh, I, I never got the like Southern gentleman thing. I more got like the, basically the guy who basic, the guy who sort of believes in, uh, You know, changing, uh, you know, you know, adapting, changing your platform, changing your platform to, to, uh, changing your platform to follow the polls, basically.
0: Oh, okay, I Uh, see, so whichever the way the wind blows. Yeah, Yeah. and, you know, cause, um, and,
2: so he's like, so he's like sort of, uh, more of an, uh, opportunist, opportunist, uh, yeah but yeah okay i uh, with but, no uh, with no with no fixed uh, with no fixed set of principles um
1: uh, that that's a definite
2: and uh, the mom is very so receptive the to
1: is what you're saying and
2: well except you <laughs> know the mom is and the except the mom is very receptive to this uh, Is uh, very receptive to uh, jerry's new uh you know populist uh, populist uh, populist platform
1: yeah i don't No, if I would go that far, I would more say that, uh, hmm. No, I'm not going to compare him to anybody that's living and currently in the Washington (laughs) DC area at the moment, but, uh, yeah, he falls into that. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Anyway, I'm going to give everything that I watched a four.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. I mean, there, this had issues and I think, uh, in terms of tone and structure, it was very uneven. But I still like it. Well, because... it's,
1: it's trying to build a bigger world, I think, than it needs to. Of course, there is a possibility that this big world that they build may come together by the time that we hit whatever the final episode, 24, 25, 26, whatever it is, whatever the final episode is.
2: Uh, yeah, also, the thing with Toby is, like, Okay, a guy like Toby is like, he's a throwback even now. Because, yeah. because now, okay, today, these days, producers aren't gonna go for 52 takes, uh, to get the, to get a song just right. What they're gonna do is they're gonna go with like one or two takes, and then they'll just use their, and then they'll just use their, uh, use their computers to adjust.
0: Yeah, let's figure out, I'll we'll fix it in post.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was yeah. I was actually watching I was actually watching a uh I actually saw that there was a YouTube uh there's this uh, YouTuber named uh, Rick Beato who who was like, you know, who was like a, a, you know, a musician and producer back in the day. And so he's like, you know, basically YouTubing about music. And so he was like complaining about how you know, how uh, modern-day producers' reliance on, uh, reliance on computers is basically choking the life out of music.
0: Uh-huh. And it's
2: basically making rock, basically making rock music. Uh, it's, it's basically causing the decline and fall of rock music. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so Toby is uh, sort of very much in line with that. Yeah, he ain't going to fix it in post. <laughs> He's going to basically make them retake the song until they get it right.
1: The only problem is, is Toby's version of Wright um, is—I don't know if I want to compare him to the late Brian Epstein and the Beatles, but yeah, because that's George and Paul always complained about how many uh, retakes they had to do. But with fame comes a little bit of effort, which well, well, back in that. Well, back Angela's in that
2: they, they didn't have compu- they didn't have computers that they could uh, no, no, that they fact, could use to adjust it. And so if they you know, so if the tape got it wrong, well, so if the take thing. so if they got the tape wrong, then it was going to stay wrong.
1: Well here's, <laughs> well, here's the other thing. That studio that they walked into, if you noticed the most current looking piece of gear in the place was that 8-channel reel-to-reel sitting there covered in dust and cobwebs. So yeah, the minute I saw the equipment that was in the studio, I'm like, "This is going to be fun." No AIs, no computers, no synthesizers, no this, no that. A, a piano sitting there with enough cobwebs on it to, uh, you know, make a uh, Bella Ghosty movie. Yeah.
2: One thing that confused me though was that was that okay? They were they recorded their single like in episode fourteen. They uh, they record their single. And they have they you know, like okay, Toby had a set of backup music had a set of backup musicians uh-huh. to, to work with them, and but then like a couple episodes later, a couple episodes later, like where did those guys go because uh, because they uh, Carol and Tuesday have to find a whole new set of backup musicians to I, record their I, album.
1: I, I believe the uh, optimal word was money, or Toby didn't like them. One or the other. Yeah, that's that's an explanation that wasn't made, but uh, the uh, group that Carol and Tuesday picked up off the street weren't all that bad.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, next. Anyway, yeah. All right, so next we have...
1: Um, Where did how... my list go?
0: There it is. Uh, Dumbbell non kilo moteru, episodes five through seven. I had been hoping to at least watch the first couple episodes of this before we recorded but unfortunately I ran out of time. So, uh, tell me yeah. about these re- recent ones. Okay. <laughs> what I missed.
2: Yeah, so so what you missed in the recent episodes it turns out that it turns out that uh Sakura is insanely strong. Uh <laughs> because because uh like she basically uh Okay, she uh, she uh, arm wrestles with this uh, this Russian girl named uh, Zena Void, uh, who who came to uh, who came to Japan, who basically came to Japan for this arm wrestling tournament held by uh, the Silverman Gym, uh, and also because she's a huge weeb. Uh, uh, and and so like okay, Sakura after you know after, you know, after her trainer gives her a few pointers on, like, proper arm wrestling technique, uh, she goes into the match, and she just crushes this girl. Uh, and, and, and this didn't come... This didn't actually come out of nowhere, because at the end of episode two, when they were at that boxing... When they were at uh, Ayaka's boxing gym, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know uh, Sakura actually, like, you know, when she was, like, you know, hitting the bag... She she actually just, like, she just, like, destroyed that punching bag yeah, in episode two.
1: The, the Superman haul off and hit the punching bag and knock it through the wall. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, so one of the things, so it turns out, yes, yeah, Sakura, like, inadvertently, inadvertently had basically hit on a, hit on a uh, a way of making, of becoming insanely strong.
1: And not looking at it.
2: The, yeah. way, the, uh, way she,
1: the way she eats she should be insanely large but she's not either
2: well okay well they sort of they sort they of, addressed sort of ex- that
1: yeah they did they did because
2: the because the in uh, episode yeah because uh, in the recent batch of episodes they actually explain like uh, you know they actually explain like the proper way to eat and like what foods to, you know what foods to focus on uh you know, based on uh, what you want
1: to do. Anyway, yeah. to to get back to uh, what I was thinking about is uh, the uh, Tachibana, the teacher. You know, oh. So, oh she she has a secret habit she uh, or secret hobby yeah hobby's the word I want to use she uh, she does cosplay, and Xena uh, yeah. finds out about it. Uh, she puts two and two together and realizes that the mole on the teacher and the mole on the very famous cosplayer is one and the same mole. And she confronts her and comes to find out she's right. And
2: then the blackmail starts. Well, well she oh. wasn't even really going to blackmail her. She just wanted to hang out with, like, she yeah. just wanted to, like, hang out with her favorite cosplay bottle. But, but like, the teacher just, like, massively overreacts to, uh to Zena calling her out on it. And she's like, oh, I'll do anything you want. Just, like, don't tell anybody. And and Zena's like, okay, I see an opportunity to basically, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, very opportunistic, yes.
2: And uh. and so that's kind of fun. Also, like I said, a big thing about Xena is that, okay, she is a huge weeb who uh, for some reason gets uh, confused Uh, some reason actually gets uh, sort of in her mind has kind of mashed up Chinese and Japanese culture. Uh, And some
1: Korean culture, yes.
2: Yeah. So, you know, so to her, like, basically all of Asian, all, like, like she, like, is unable to distinguish Asian cultures from each other. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's like, but she's a fan of all of them anyway.
1: Yeah, she does do some interesting... Exchanges of cultural, yeah. Um, Let's see, where else
0: do we? Is she supposed to be like a parody of a weeaboo or something? Well, no. (laughs) That reminds me of like some of the worst elements of the American fandom, where it's like, "Hey guys, not all Asian cultures are the same." Well, for
2: one thing, she for one thing she's Russian.
0: Uh, and for another thing, she has,
2: uh, she actually has, like, she's not just a one-note personality. She has, like, a oh, okay. bunch of different sides to her. A bunch of different sides to her, aside from being a weeb. Uh, you know, in that, you know, she also sort of, like, uh, she sort of, she sort of, like, tries to play up, you know, to play, tries to play up, like, uh, like, like anime stereotypes about Russian people, even though that's not really what she is, just for I don't know, just because she thinks that would make her more popular or something like that. Well, and like everybody else, when they see when they when they see what she's like trying to do, they're like, "Oh, she's an idiot." <laughs>
1: oh, okay, well, I, I guess what got me the most that I found the most humorous is when. They were talking about her home country, and she had uh, a certain uh, well-drawn Russian politician hugging
2: a bear. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 For some. They straight up put Putin in the show. Well, except they call him. Except for some reason, they call him Poutine.
1: Well, because we're not going to (laughs) go so far on the plagiarism
0: here, but yes. How. How dare they ruin Putin's good name like that?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, if you watch the episode with him and the bear, it's more like, you know, I, I'm really surprised that they haven't got notes from the bear society going, you're kidding, right? Us, uh, so let it, him hug him. Yeah.
2: It, it's actually, anyway, this show overall, it's really funny. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it, it's... I mean the
1: the parts where they're telling you on how to work out and everything else are accurate. Uh, the uh, muscle bound uh, instructor is um, it's interesting because you notice uh, he also seems to have a secondary hobby of listening in and telling kind of uh. telling us what's going to happen next.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, episode seven has this bit where uh, has this bit where uh, like all the girls, including the teacher, uh, try out to be uh, try out to be idols because Zena is like obsessed with idols. Uh, <laughs> except like you know, so they like they present themselves as like this wannabe idol unit, the Muscle Girls. You know, and they they do their stuff and like the yeah uh, like the you know, like the, uh, you know the judge the judge or whatever is like, you know, he's like, at first, he's like, okay, these girls are just way too weird. I cannot do anything with them.
1: Yeah, they, uh, it, 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 it bounces around. It's using its talent quite well. So, uh, again, on these episodes, um, I'm going to go with, again, with fours on everything. Uh, Seven was uh, kind of a, a little because that was the uh, want to be an idol, and that I I understand why they did it, but I personally I thought they wasted a little bit of time on it.
2: I'm gonna give them fives because I just had a blast with these episodes.
1: Okay, you do what you want to do. I guess you guys are gonna All do right. Doctor Stone and Fire Force, and I'll be back for Grambling.
0: Yeah, speaking of a blast, let's talk about Dr. Stone, Episodes 5 through 6, uh, where uh, our heroes, uh, our surviving heroes, get away from, oh god, what's the guy's name? His name is Tsukasa. Yeah, get they get away from Tsukasa by exploding a bunch of gunpowder right in his face. <laughs> by dropping a giant boulder on it. <laughs> uh... But yeah, I uh I like these episodes of Doctor Stone. Um so they basically find a way to revive um Senku by Because um, Senku had deliberately got uh Senku had deliberately baited Sukasa into attacking his neck where he still had some petrification um and so his friends figure it out and pour some of the nitric acid uh mixture onto his um neck and then we cut to a extended flashback basically that takes up the majority of episode five and quite a bit of episode six um, where we sort of see what happened after Senku immediately revived and we get in, get some insight into sort of how what he was doing before I think it was Taiju revived. Yeah. Yeah, which was which was neat to see.'m um, I'm, I'm a little conflicted because you know, while there was some neat stuff in here. It's also I also don't think we really needed it. I'm not really sure what exactly it accomplished, um, because I don't know. Like I kind of felt like we didn't really need necessarily needed that particular like plot detail filled in. Um, but also, it's not like it was necessarily bad. I don't know. It just felt a little superfluous. Um, i did really enjoy episode six though with the with uh, senku reviving the band getting back together and also like meeting a new character uh because as it turns out there are some other people who revived before uh the gang we know and have had children already and uh they've grown up in a kind of like Primitive society, the scienceless, essentially. Um, and this character is super good at daggers.
2: Yeah, she actually. Yeah, yeah, she actually makes. Uh, she actually makes Sukasa uh, sweat a little bit to, to fight her off.
0: Yeah, Sukasa does win in the end, and then friggin' drops an entire tree on her. Uh, but she puts up a decent fight. Um and then we get to see Senku just uh cr- like create a pulley system uh in order to get the tree off uh because he tasked um Taiju and oh, what's name? uh Useriha. yeah, he tasked Taiju and Yuzuriha with um basically going going back to Sukasa for a mission that we as the audience don't get, aren't privy to because Taiju also isn't privy to it. Yeah. Only use Only yeah. Only Yuzuriha is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically, Sanji tells Yuzuriha the plan.
2: Uh, he knows that telling Taiju the plan would be counterproductive because, well, he just Taiju, shout it. <laughs> he, yeah, Taiju wouldn't get it, and he would spill. He would spill the beans to Sakasa in short order. But yeah, Yuzuriha. And Yusuriha turns out to be pretty smart.
0: <laughs> yeah, what I like about Taiju is that Senku and Taiju have a relationship where Senku, Taiju can be like, hey, why aren't you telling me this? Aren't we all supposed to, like, have an equal relationship? And Taiju, and Senku replies, uh, look, you're, you're stupid so you wouldn't get it, so it's best for everyone if I don't tell you. And Taiju's like, alright, sounds good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah he knows he knows his limitations i appreciate that
0: yeah so they, they they all three characters have a relationship where they know each other's strengths and weaknesses and like they aren't put off by an i the idea of like you know it's probably better off for the group if we don't tell you anything and then you just act when you need to because <laughs> that what's that's what you're best at <laughs> um but yeah i like the idea of Sanku meeting up with some other survivors who have grown up um, with a more superstitious understanding of the world and just sort of how he plays off of those characters so i'm really excited to see how this relationship ends up going but uh, Dagger Girl is uh, definitely going to be on his side, because, like, Sugasa t- tried tried to murder, him, murder her, so, trapped her under a tree. Yeah, well, he wasn't actually trying to kill her, he was basically just
2: trying to delay her, so that he could, True. So that he could uh, you know, go off and, uh, <laughs> go off and get the revival fluid.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I'm... Even though episode five was kind of just, like, there, um, episode six set up, sets up some really good stuff and uh, has some fun character interactions. So yeah. I'll I'll give episode five a three and episode six a five. I'm going to give episode five a four and episode six a five. All right. Um, so then we move on to Fire Force. Uh. I'm starting to have a few reservations about this show. Um, hey Fire Force, what's up with the Dominatrix ladies <laughs> in like department? What it, what is their squad like? Number three or five? Number they're the they're uh they're unit five. Unit five, yeah. What is? It was mildly acceptable when like the one fan service when all the when most of the fan service was confined to like the cat mage who has like the weird ass pervert magnetism luck or whatever uh like it was bad, but you know it at least maki was mostly kept safe from harm um but now we have like an entire squad of like sexy ladies with their boobs sticking out and also like the leader of the squad is this dominatrix lady it's just getting like weird like what is up with this squad
1: are you trying to tell me that they're rejects from the rocky horror picture show
0: like what's what's frustrating is that like You don't need to make them this outlandish. In fact, like, if you toned it down a bit, I'd I'd probably enjoy this particular story arc a lot more. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's a decent one of, like, Unit 8 basically being forced into contention with a unit that is clearly out there for their own gain and is doing things that are very likely at odds with actually keeping... The city safe,
2: well, uh, you, well yep. but then
0: you just like drop this really weird, um, like, like sexual element into it that just doesn't need to be there and is clearly just there for some titillation, and it just makes the whole thing awkward. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, Princess
2: Hibana, that's the dominatrix lady. She kind of reminds me of Arachne from Soul Eater. Uh, in that, in you know, in terms of like, you know, how she's basically, you know, she's sort of fitting into that a similar archetype. Well, yeah,
0: maybe, maybe the maybe the maybe the writer just likes that character type because, like, again, the same person made Soul Eater, so yeah. maybe mm-hmm. they they just have this particular uh <laughs> particular fetish. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah, well this one is uh <laughs> yeah, Princess Hibana is way over much more over the top than Arachne ever was. Uh and it's <laughs> yeah, like the uh sort of like the over over the topness of her dominatrix act is kind of off putting, I got to admit. I mean, she's like in,
0: in in episode 5 she burns the nun's clothes off. It's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was, uh... That was bad. Yeah, they try to make it into, like, a character moment where she's like, oh, how dare you wear that nun clothing in front of me? Like, the nuns just use the fire religion as a cover or they exploit it or whatever. I can't remember exactly what she says, but, like, they try to make it into a character point that she doesn't like the religion that has been built up around the human <clears throat> combustion phenomenon but like you're not fooling anyone dude we know why you had her burn off her clothes <laughs> like uh yeah
2: and you well, know, okay yeah and okay the character moment has a bit more behind it cuz there's uh like there were flashback bits of uh, uh where where evidently like the uh the sister iris yeah so the nun from uh, the nun from Unit Eight is Iris. Uh, oh right, yeah, that was uh, her name. So Iris, uh, you know, Iris uh, actually knew
0: her back, uh, I guess, from their seminary or whatever. And... Oh yeah, because like in the uh, ending theme, isn't there like a, a nun with um, purple hair in that scene too? Yes. I think that Dominatrix character also has purple hair. Yep. Okay.
2: Yeah, and, well, yeah, and actually, at one point, uh, let's see, Iris calls her Nason, so she was presumably kind of like a, uh, senior to her at the, uh, seminary or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, and, yeah, yeah, like, but, like, what's going on with, like, the, uh, the machinations between, uh, you know, between Squad 5 and Squad 8? Okay, that is, like, some interesting
0: stuff yeah it's real good (laughs) um also like again the the fight scenes are still dope like i love watching the action in this series um and the the core concept of like the the relationship that iris has with um leader of unit eight I mean that's that at its core is some interesting stuff. It's just you also got to put this fetish stuff in there, and it kind of sours it a bit, which is a little unfortunate. Because like I, other than that, I do love this series a lot. Yeah, yeah. For me, that's a minor flaw, not a deal breaker. Yeah, like at least there, at least there's no Minetta in this show. You know. <laughs> we, we've at least got that um, so yeah it's uh, it, it's not nearly as bad as I'm used to seeing from other shonen shows it's just you know un- it's just really unfortunate when Fire Force does so many other things really well so you know it just stands out to me more um, but yeah I I enjoyed episodes 4 and 5 and the direction they're taking it I love how um oh gosh, what the what's the knight character's name? It can't be Arthur, can it? It is in fact Arthur. It is Arthur? Okay. Arthur Poyle. I was thinking, no, surely his name wouldn't be Arthur, even though I'm sure that's what it is.
2: No, wait, don't yes. call me. <laughs> that
0: would be too on the nose. And he calls his plasma sword Excalibur. Excalibur, yeah. That's why I was thinking like, no, it can't be that. That'd be too on the nose. Uh but yeah, no, I I love how Arthur is consist, is consistently portrayed to be like this incredibly earnest dork. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and,
2: and, and that's the thing is like, and you know Shinra Shinra is kind of dorky in his own way, but like, but like Arthur makes Shinra look reasonable.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. they're all good. Um, all of Unit Eight, is, all of Unit Eight is very good. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give both of these episodes fours, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to agree with, I agree with that. I give them fours. Uh, all right. Let's talk about, uh, well, you guys can talk about Grand Belm episodes four through six. I'll just mention that I did watch the first episode of Grand Belm. I did have time for that. I really enjoyed it, uh, so I do intend to watch more of it and hopefully catch up with it by the time we record the next episode.
2: Yeah, it's.
0: It,
2: uh. Yeah, Grandpa, it's, it's some uh, pretty good stuff. It's. You get to. You know, yeah, you got, to like, let's see, Mangetsu, who's, like, the main character, you know, teaming up with Shingetsu to fight the these other girls, uh, where, I think, uh, I think, uh, episode six actually really, uh, really, uh, expands on a lot of things. And, you know, although each episode has been expanding on it, because, like, the con, the, uh, like, the context is that magic is declining in the world. And you basically have these girls from these, like, mage families who are basically fighting, or who are basically fighting a, a like, doing a zero sum a conflict over basically who's going to be the one who controls the remaining dwindling uh, supply of magic in the world.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. And you come to find out that uh, uh, someone who thought right. that they had a lot of magical power. Doesn't have as much magical power as they thought, which would right. be, which would be Anna. And uh, Anna has a, another problem. She's uh for eh, Anna's wired a little strange. No, she's wired a lot strange.
2: Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Her her pro her basic problem is that her family, her family took uh took in uh took in Shingetsu for a while. Uh, they sort of they sort of. semi-adopted Shingetsu. Uh And Anna got really jealous about how her family was basically fawning all over Shingetsu and, you know, basically trying to, you know, uh, you know, basically, you know, have Shingetsu be like, you know, like, like the magical hope of this family. Uh, and, you know, Anna got, is like, really jealous about all the affection that, you know, her family gives to, sh- to Shingetsu.
1: Uh, Which in and, the end she actually finds out why, because she cannot control magic the way she thinks she can and uh, the one trick that she thought she could do that nobody else could do, Shingetsu helped her.
2: Yeah, yeah. it turns out that uh, Anna, in terms of her magical talent, she is uh, actually a really crappy mage. Uh, something. Uh,
1: I like subpar.
2: Yeah. And,
1: uh, and unfortunately, uh, Anna took that news. Um, yeah. She didn't take it well because there's, yeah. a, there's a, uh, oh, I guess we'll call it a super philosopher stone that's in her family that she thinks if she grabs her hands on it and goes to use it, that she will regain all the power that she should rightfully have. And I got a feeling this is all going to blow up in her face. But we won't know that till the next episode.
2: Oh, yeah, like, yeah, because, like, <laughs> yeah, there there's a very disturbing scene at the, after the closing credits in episode six.
1: Yeah, uh, looks like she decided to take a lot of things into her own hands, like reclaiming the stone, uh, <clears throat> divorcing herself from her mother, looks like permanently. Um, yeah, um... She's uh, basically gone wonky off the deep end. Uh, the other characters involved in this uh, all have their backstories. who uh, wants to become the, uh, yeah. the evil queen. Uh, they call it something else, but it's the evil queen so she can destroy <laughs> all the magic and remove magic from the world and release the mages from their curse of having to fight over this all the time. Uh, uh, Magnetsu's not sure what she wants to do. Uh, Anna wants to be God. Nene gets defeated. Uh, Anna's former cohort Shuisu turned on her and Kion wants to release her sister from a curse that I'm gonna guess, uh, yeah. And I would, uh, I would say that uh, Shusu Shusu put the curse on Koen's sister. If I was guessing, that hasn't been made clear. That hasn't been made clear, but uh, it sure looks that you know when they were having that little tussle there during the last battle, and she goes, "Oh, you want to know who did it? Oh, I'll tell you after I beat you up." Well. The beat you up didn't happen, but, uh, yeah, she was sure leaning towards going, I did it. Ha ha. Yeah. I'm the one who put your sister, I'm the one who put your sister into La La Land curse.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, let's see, I think, yeah. So the context for this is that one of the other, one of the other girls, uh, uh, let's see, Shiswi, I think, uh, she was, uh, she was sort of kind of working for working with Anna but mm-hmm. uh, eventually she's like, you know what? Uh, you know, she says to Anna, you know what? You're weaker than me. I'm not going <laughs> to, you're not the boss of me. Screw you.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that's the one who I think put the sur- curse
2: on Kion's sister. Right. Uh. Okay.
1: So I just want to make sure you right. are. And, her... and so,
2: yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. You,
1: know, you know, my, my excellent Japanese pronunciation skills.
2: Yeah. So Kuan is this other girl who was, uh actually uh you know temporarily allied with uh with uh with uh mangatsu and shingatsu uh in you know in the in the most recent uh in the battle in episodes four and five uh they're were, they're were temporarily allied because uh yeah kuon her mother i think her mother was cursed by something and she wants she wants to uh you know, control. Use the magical power from winning, this, the from winning this from winning this battle. She wants to use the magical power to to heal her mother from his, from her curse. Oh, older older sister. Okay, you're as correct. far
1: as giving these episodes scoring. I think uh, pretty much I'm on the all fours this week.
2: Yeah, I agree. So,
1: uh, uh, hey, boss. we right, we're we're, we're done. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like it's on to Lord Malloy Case Files, Episode 5 through 6. I keep, I keep wanting to call uh, it Waiver's Case Files. Yeah, I mean, you can. I mean, it's essentially what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really enjoyed these episodes. Uh, episode 5, in particular, had a really fantastic fight scene at the end, and a uh, reveal of a noble phantasm I was not expecting uh to where the point where I immediately messaged Aaron on Steam to be like, Hey Aaron, why the hell does Gray have Artoria's Lance? Uh yeah, it turns out yes. Yes, there's a reason why Grey looks like Saber, is
2: it's because yes, she's got a connection.
0: Yeah, which and then Aaron replied, I don't think that this particular arc goes into that backstory. I'm like, no, <laughs> uh so who knows if they'll actually explain why gray was able to summon um ron gominiad um but it was a pretty cool scene all the same um the only downside is that i remember almost nothing of the investigation (laughs) Uh, i had to look up a summary on wikipedia to to remember (laughs) because all i really remember is the start where people are thinking that wills is the one who uh killed the guy and waver says like no it's definitely not him uh and then the fight scene and then everything else everything in the middle is a blur then the dope fight scene happens and then wills like disappears into the ether and then waver says to gray like hey there's this uh there's this like underground black market where people sell mystic eyes. I want you to come with me to infiltrate Rail Zeppelin. Right. The Uh What 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 I got a
2: charge out of is like actually kind of like the side bits where like, okay, they're talking about how, you know, how how Grey has this connection to King Arthur and it's like all these other people are like, "Wait, isn't King Arthur supposed to be a dude?" And Wa- and Waver's like,
0: "No, King Arthur's a girl. I met her." Oh yeah. Just just Waver dropping like fate, stainlight, like fate zero lore to actual fate <laughs> characters. <laughs> I mean, is it, it, It's actually kind of funny when the show when the series leans into its own its, uh, its own absurdity i got a i got a real charge out of that bit you know yeah it was yeah because it builds on like you know
2: having watched you know having watched Fate 0 and you know followed wavers like struggles and it's like okay this is where we're seeing the payoff here and i love it
0: yeah it it also especially works because like of the fate universe characters waver is probably one of the most normal so having him be the viewpoint character and and dropping like those lore bits and having him to react to like some of the absurdity it just makes it really relatable because like i can't identify with shiro but i can extremely identify with waver just being incredibly (laughs) fed up with all this
2: yeah right it's like yeah, I because like, yeah, Waver's like, you know, he's like, okay, he's a he's basically a a decent a decent man, uh, having to contend with like a magical world where everybody is just awful.
0: Yeah, almost everyone in the circle that he has to run in is just the worst person. <laughs> like he ha- he has a, like a small circle of friends that are made up of people who are not like morally bankrupt and then there's the rest of the maze association and then we have episode six which is not at all plot relevant but i love it right because uh yeah
2: we get we see uh basically let's see uh yeah gray uh
0: uh gray rains and um karnak no sorry uh ray grains and luvia Uh, meet up at Karnak which is like this um, oh gosh I saw someone tweeting about this but it's a stand in for like a uh, fancy clothing and and jewelry store um, that is uh, owned by Luvia Uh, and they basically go shopping and a good chunk of the episode is basically just gray hanging out with the ladies um, and having interactions with, with people who aren't just, you know, waiver and sort of getting, getting to see how these characters behave just on a day off when they don't have to do anything. Uh, And then halfway through, they realize that they're trapped inside a bounded field that keeps them in, in like an alternate dimension of the store and they cannot leave. Uh, and they eventually find out that the bounded field was caused by Luvia creating an enchantment that was meant to convince people to spend more money in the store that she owns. That just went, that just went aw- just went awry, basically. And so Luvia has to use a bunch of wrestling moves on some automata and then break her own statue to release the spell.
2: <clears throat> yeah. So. <laughs> She's, she basically uh, sort of has to take a financial hit in order to get out of the
0: uh, in order in order to get out of the trap. Yeah, Luvia is such a good character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, um, I also I, I also love that Gray is very enamored with Luvia doing wrestling moves.
2: <laughs> Who wouldn't
0: be? <laughs> Please, Gray, learn how to do a moon salt. <laughs> um but yeah i this episode just was the most filler uh but also it was very entertaining i liked seeing these characters hang out uh and i liked the their like their fancy outfits um and the uh and like the actual like sort of conflict was like like fun and just also totally inconsequential well um and, and I also liked uh, seeing Gray try, like trying to think like Waver. Well,
2: I also actually what what I, what what I appreciate about the episode six was the uh, the conversation that Gray had with Reigns, uh, where like Reigns was like, you know, where Gray wanted to like sort of understand where Waver was coming from, like what way what Waver experienced when uh, he fought in the Grail War in Fate Zero.
0: Uh, Oh, right, and Reigns tells her about Iskandar. And
2: and so it sort of has
0: a way of, I think,
2: I think this episode had the effect of kind of, uh, even though, like, Grey and Waver were in, like, literally separate worlds, it deepened their relationship, which I appreciated.
0: Yeah, because, like, Waver doesn't really open up about himself. Um... Even back in Fate Zero, that was one of his flaws. Um, so have, having this uh, conversation where Waver isn't around uh, so Reigns can like essentially open up for him um, is, is, a, is a neat idea. Uh, I like how Reigns, even though she's much more in line with the typical Mage Society members than she is with Waver, like still reveals that, you know, she like there is a part of her that does genuinely care about these people even though she like acts detached. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a really good episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm um, giving these
2: episodes fives.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I I'm I really like this show a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um Yeah, then I think, uh, yeah, the last thing we have to talk about is uh, CopCraft, episodes four through six. Uh, Before uh, Ben and Larry talk about these episodes, um, I wanted to note that I did watch the first episode of CopCraft. It was fine, but not quite good enough to uh, earn a slot in my uh, limited amount of time I have to actually watch anime. So I'm probably not going to bother with it until I get a bunch of other shows that I actually do really want to catch up on out of the way.
1: Mm, Okay. Yeah. Uh, Copcraft. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the, the biggest, the biggest was the end of the fairy episode. And, uh, somebody learning how to drive
2: right so episode four well episode four was kind of all over the place because like the first part of the episode finishes up the uh, you know finished up the story arc from the first three episodes so it it so it finishes up the whole deal with the fairy where basically the fairy the fairy kills herself in order to avoid being turned into a bomb uh, you know yeah. Yep. As a way of that's what she did already. uh basically in order to save uh you know and it turns out like the fairy was friends with uh the fairy was friends with Tilarna and so basically you know the fairy in order to save Tilarna uh she just like she sacrificed herself and okay and but the uh the sorcerer the sorcerer who you know who was actually, who we had set the up bomb. the whole bomb, who had done the whole bomb plot, he gets away.
1: Yep. For the moment. Yeah, so
2: he's probably, he's good, he's like, uh, he's basically gonna be like a recurring villain for like this whole season, I think. Um,
1: uh, yeah, I pretty much bet on that. Cause
2: yeah. he shows up in episode five, sorta, kinda. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the rest of episode four starts off with this thing where, uh, they find, where they, uh, the, uh, Basically, the the uh, the morgue uh, picks up this uh, picks up this mummy or whatever, uh, which uh, which is supposed to be uh, you know basically which is being examined by uh, by uh, let's see uh, by Kay's uh, by Kay's ex girlfriend uh, Cecile, who's actually a pretty cool character. I like her.
1: Uh, actually, I think th- I think she's more than an ex girlfriend. I think she's an ex ex. I think she's she was married to him at one time.
2: Uh, well, maybe, but yeah.
1: But anyway, it, it well we the X thing comes up later on too when uh, somebody learns how to drive, which I found <laughs> extremely.
2: Um, <laughs> oh yeah that um, that was in episode six. Episode yeah. yeah. We're, okay, so episode,
1: but anyway, let, let's let's finish the vampire. Right. First. So
2: episode uh, so episode four it turns out the mummy is a, is actually a vampire, which was dormant and uh like the vampire basically it revives and it eats uh it eats Cecil's assistant, eats Cecil's assistant, kills him, and drains his blood, uh and uh is and then is on the run, uh for. And then is on the run through most of episode five. But eventually, uh, you know, while she's on the run, the vampire, uh, is, uh, uh, is approached by, uh, the sorcerer from the, from the, uh, from the earlier arc, uh, who's, who's basically using a, using a puppet body, using a puppet body basically to talk to her. And is like, uh, offering, offering to help, you know, in a, you know, uh, I, be, I guess in order to get, uh, in order to get access to her vampire magic, uh. I would guess. She, uh, the vampire does not play along with this and, uh, basically no. kills the puppet body, kills the puppet body, and fights with, uh, Kay and Tilarna, and, but, you know, Kay and Tilarna eventually win by basically, well, basically, uh, she gets run over by a train.
1: Yeah, she, uh, can regenerate, but she gets knocked into so many pieces that regeneration becomes no longer possible. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: That's, that's the polite way of putting it.
2: Yeah. And that finishes, uh, and so, like, episode five sort of finishes up kind of a mini-arc, uh, yep. but then episode six, episode six is actually a kind of a, like a self-contained episode, uh, where,
1: well, it, seem, it seems on the other side that uh, there's very little photographic, very little entertainment, and that adult entertainment from this world seems to score
2: big in the other world. Right. So, yeah, so it turns out the uh, it turns out the bad guys of this episode are smuggling porno mags from Earth to the other to the other side.
1: and this isn't hard this isn't hardcore porn it's just porn yeah you know and and of course now when somebody sees it and then Kay says well wait a minute what do you think your parents did how do you think you got here you know did somebody snap your fingers I mean she she spent half that episode staring at a magazine going
2: uh whoops yeah (laughs) you're right and uh yeah, a big, a big sort of, like, running subplot is, uh, like, is uh, basically about driving. Because, like, at the beginning of the episode, uh, Kay's car gets wrecked. And then, uh...
1: Well, they tell her to move it. They tell her to move it, and she moves it, but she forgets to put it in park, and so it rolls into the intersection and gets run over by a truck.
2: Yeah, there was that. Uh, and, then, and then, like, uh and then he he uh he gets a replacement
1: <clears throat> oh does he get a replacement the red sports car
2: yeah evident yeah, mean, uh yeah the the chief uh says, uh the chief uh, mentions that there was a police auction where uh, where they can basically uh, get uh or essentially the police can uh basically you uh sell off uh can sell off or reallocate uh stuff that got uh, stuff that got taken from convicts.
1: uh yeah and see he was using his personal vehicle instead of a instead of a department car to begin with so this was this made the car being totaled even even more dramatic because it was his his car not the you know if it was a company car well it's a company car big deal but yeah he she totaled his car yeah Ooh, what? Saved his life, but told his car.
2: Yeah, one issue with episode six is that uh, okay. One of the other uh, one of the other detectives uh, who, uh, who who frequently goes undercover is uh, is gay. Very very gay. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not really liking the way they portray. Uh, him, yeah. yeah, it's not the wokest portrayal of a gay character. Oh dear, <laughs> not that the is, worst, um, but. Not particularly good.
1: <laughs> no, it's, uh, but it's, well, it wouldn't play, the way he's portrayed would not play well in this country.
2: Uh, yeah, but he's, am I wrong? He's, a. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good at his, he's pretty good at his job uh the main the main problem with this portrayal is that at one point when he's like talking to a when he's like you know talking to this guy he sort of kind of gets handsy with the guy
1: extremely grabby uh to the point where his partner's got to remind him that they're on duty he's not yeah
2: yeah that was prob- that was problematic
1: like i guess that's uh the the portrayal would not play well in this no not at all, right? Uh, what? I, 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 there are times I really wonder if this is what these writers actually think they need to have a re education, anyway. Uh, moving along, I, I'm going to, need to stop because I could get very
2: uh, yeah, yeah, right. And yeah, and so with the new car. At one point, because uh like okay, they catch up with the, they catch up with the well, the porn smugglers. They catch up with the porn smugglers and uh Kay is temporarily blinded. So uh Tilarna, having just taken like a few driving lessons from Cecil, uh actually has to drive Kay's new car.
1: <laughs> Which is basically portrayed as a viper. Yeah so she's gone from little putt putt to something that does 900 miles an hour in a second or two. Well
2: yeah.
1: that that's for Dustin's benefit so he he, <laughs> he can he can he can uh yeah. understand where we're heading in this conversation. Cuz this this is a good chase scene. Yeah. Uh, she she uh well it takes place in America or a country where the steering wheel's on this side of the car. And she starts driving like she's on in Japan on the other side of the road. So it, yeah, there there is some conversation between Kay and her about her driving skills. And she's like, you know, shut up. I got this all in. And no, it wasn't. She did not have it all under control. Yeah. Out of control, yes, under control, yes. so in
2: the process of catching so in the process of catching the bad guys, uh she wrecks the she wrecks the new car
1: <laughs> is wreck is that yeah it, it blows well, she says that human cars blow up really nice, and she blows up two of them within the span of uh episode and a half, so yeah, she's uh <clears throat> I can see the guy from Allstate now going,
2: uh-uh. Yeah,
1: mayhem. Yes, her definitely.
2: I like, I like the. I think, I think overall. I mean, there are some yeah, problematic elements, but the, the the central, like the core of this thing, is the chemistry between Kay and Tilarna, and that is top notch.
1: Well, and then we got to go to the end of this episode where she makes her own room in the house because they can't find anywhere. They won't rent to an alien. So she, she makes her own room and he's allergic to the cat that he picked up but he pe- picked up the cat because he felt sorry for it. So he's been wearing a mask and all of a sudden he wakes up and the cat's sitting there in his face and he's no longer allergic and she says, oh, well, yeah, when I saved your life back then, she says, I got rid of your allergy to cats. And he goes, that was a month ago. Yeah, it was funny walk, watching you walk around with that mask on and that you didn't need it. So that was her that was her polite gig for because Cecile said, "You know, you, you, you if he really likes you, he won't be real hard on you, but you got to keep him in line." Well, she's learning how to keep him in line. <laughs> <If>. yeah. <clears throat> it, it it it's Well, like he said, like Cecile said, his sister died, and his sister was a spitfire like she is, and I think that's, this is going to be, I am not sure how this working relationship's going to work out, because now they've been living under the same roof for a while, but nothing's happened, so it's probably going to be business platonic, especially since she just set up her own into the house, and said, this is where I'm living, and you can have the rest of the house. <laughs> yeah but it's it's worth watching for the character interactions
2: yeah yeah, that aspect of it is good Uh, the animation is uneven I mean
1: yeah well I'll tell you what though there's some stuff out there that's got some really bad quality so it's not it's not horrible but it's not Production IG. Yeah,
2: okay. it's, yeah, it's it's done by. Okay, yeah. The context here is that uh, this uh, the studio behind this is uh, Millipence, who did uh, who did the uh, the Berserk reboot,
1: hmm. which I in terms of I didn't watch that which
2: so. is uh, was in in terms of animation, it was awful.
1: Okay. See, I didn't. I didn't subject myself to that. So,
2: yeah, they were doing basically CG that they had no clue how to do.
1: Oh, I like that CG by numbers. Ugh. All right. Well, I'm gonna again. I'm going to stand on both of these episodes for or all these episodes for the uh, four value because uh, yeah, they were uh, they were uh, entertaining. Uh, there was decent interaction. Uh, the new chief is uh, came off as a real hard, hard nose, but he looks like he's got a softer spot to a point. He's, he, I mean, he's your typical chief. I mean, he's got to answer to somebody, and when he's got a couple of clans that are around doing like
2: these two are, it's like,
1: eh, you no, know, I got enough headaches. I don't need you two out there doing stuff like this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's that's a pretty well worn that's a well worn cop show archetype.
1: Well, and you know, if you, if you get down to it, uh, I won't say most real life, but there is there are enough real life instances where officers do kind of do things like that indirectly or directly, and it's like, oh, why did you?
2: No, <laughs> I mean the whole point. The whole point is like this show. It's a cop show. And it plays yep. it plays with all the cop show archetypes.
1: Yep. And right now it's doing it quite well.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give these episodes fours.
1: Okay. Hey, guess what? I think it's uh, it's time for the uh, master ceremonies to reappear.
0: Time for listener questions. Uh, so we do have some uh, tweets okay. here. Oh um, Oh,
1: you mean we got the Boyd? Yay! Uh,
0: uh, uh. Yeah, from uh, a Twitter user at Fifty Turn Party, um, they ask, "Are there any animes about ghost hunting? But like, you know, real ghost hunting, not the ghost hunting where you actually find ghosts." What you mean? <sighs> oh that would be... No, I don't think so. But no, that would be pretty yeah. funny.
2: When any anime, when any anime involves
0: ghost hunting, the ghosts are real. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I can't. Think, yeah, I can't I'd, think of one off the top
1: of my head. That's. Uh,
0: I don't think there's any anime where like the point is ghosts. Ghosts don't actually exist. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> That'd be good though. Um, then from uh, at arcane crystal, uh, if you were in Doctor Stone, what skill or trait do you have in real life that would get exaggerated to a superhuman ability? Oh, Lord. Hmm. Oh. What skills do I even have?
1: (laughs) Oh, you're the great
0: oracle. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I mean, like. Yeah, like animals. How useful is audio editing even going to be in the universe of Dr. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Stone? I'm. Yeah, I think. Well, the thing about me is that
2: I'm broadly knowledgeable about. I am broadly knowledgeable about, you know, some things, about a, a fair amount of things, but, although most of which would be kind of useless in a stone world.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're not really
2: specialized no, in anything, though, right? I'm, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, because, like, yeah, the stuff I've learned is, like, you know, computer science, economics, political science, you know?
0: <laughs> uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Right. Yeah, I guess... I guess maybe math would be mine. Like, yeah. but, no, but I mean the
2: okay the trait that I think would be a, a highly exaggerated would be my laziness. That's my biggest. That's my biggest flaw. <laughs> I am lazy. I am incredibly lazy.
1: Man, I
0: don't know if I'd admit that to a public
1: audience, but you just did.
0: Uh, Larry, Larry would know all about how to, uh, make a, make flying devices. You'd be, you'd make the first glider.
1: Oh yeah, I would be there, uh, uh, Da Vinci,
0: we'd do balloons and we'd do gliders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, I guess my skill would just be math, I suppose. Well, uh, my, my, uh, I'd I'd just be exaggerated to a a ludicrous degree where, uh, because I'd be an anime character, I'd just know all the math and be able to do it just in my head. You need
1: a huge blackboard to have this humongous formula written out, and then you need a side character coming in going, this board is a mess, and start erasing it behind you.
0: Yeah, and and then my eyes would go all wide, and then... Yep. yeah exactly well yeah work. my thing would be uh okay
2: once once you had okay i'd basically be useless until you had a certain level of population uh but once you had like you know once you had a, a like a fair amount of population then i'd be like okay i'd come up with okay. plans for like political and economic organization but i'd be too lazy to actually do any <laughs> of the work
0: myself <laughs> oh so you'd be a middle manager
1: Oh, i was thinking more along <laughs> the king lines. <laughs> He'd be the
0: king. Oh gosh! Nah, I'd I'd, 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 I'd be, be there. No, there's no room for kings in this. I'd be an advi- I'd be would be an advisor. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, my advice. Uh, my advice would be. Uh, shall we, never mind. <clears throat> um,
0: uh, then we have a, a question from uh, uh, is he silver Izzy silver mountain uh, Twitter hander Twitter hander. I can't talk anymore. Uh, Twitter handle lecomte de argent, I think, is how you pronounce that. Um, I've never actually tried to pronounce their Twitter handle before. Uh, what is best in anime? Well, it's obviously to crush harem anime and see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of their moe blobs. All your waifus are belong to us. Oh God! Why no? <laughs> That's two really old memes in one. No. Uh,
1: actually, I've been kind of, since uh, the uh, universe, I've been kind of waiting for another decent sci-fi, which hasn't happened.
0: Okay, Larry comes up with serious answer. Well, of uh, course Larry comes up <laughs> with yes, serious Yes, what is best in anime is actually space operas. Yes. i being honest here.
1: Uh, yeah, space operas rock
0: just give us more space operas um well, jasmine uh, jasmine marsh uh twitter handle at pidmon asks uh what would you remove from anime in general i'd get rid of the perfect pervert character that is a solid choice i think i will agree with that one um if there's any trope i yeah i can't think of more tropes i hate any trope I can't think of any trope I hate more than the perfect character. Honestly, um, well, uh, you
2: know, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I am a complete isekai trash. So I watch way <laughs> too many isekai shows, and okay, okay, okay. But but fundamentally, the thing I get rid of is okay give these characters a working give these characters a working set of sex
0: organs please <laughs> just just have like actual adult relationships yes. basically yeah, yeah and, and mean, also if, sort of uh, you, as a corollary as a corollary to that stop drawing them like ten year olds
2: you're gonna I build to a, if you're, to
0: okay if you're gonna
2: have a harem actually have a harem have the dude get it on with his harem
0: seriously um, <laughs> yeah uh, address polyamory with the respect it <laughs> deserves <laughs> okay that's one thing i'll give
1: well, my 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 biggest peeve and we discussed it earlier is uh, you know uh, over exaggerated portrayal of groups that fall out of somebody's recognized norms.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Basically stereotyping of minority groups. Uh,
1: my, yeah. Well, e- even, even if they're a majority, if they don't fit into the uh, general scheme of things. Uh, I'm uh, trying to, without getting very political here.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think we know what you get. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, that's always awkward to see.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's annoying wow. because, you know, everybody says, okay, we need, to, we need to stop doing this, we need to stop doing this, and anime is a media that a lot of people see, and so here it is. We need to stop doing it, but yet they're doing it. And nobody's smacking their hands over it.
2: Uh, well, that, I think, comes down to laziness
0: that you know you know actually like that. well also just, well also partly that but also a lot of times it's as, as a result of like just not having a diverse writing like produ- not having a diverse production staff as well so like you don't even think that you're necessarily doing anything wrong
1: well, I, I see like that, or you not. don't
0: bother to get multiple voices on the staff so
1: well then or they're not enlightened you know, I mean, that's
0: often why it happens in American media too is its just like you got a production staff that's filled with white people <laughs> and then, yeah, and no one else
1: that and that's where I was trying to keep that part of the conversation but yes that's it there's a lot of it like I said the uh well, the cop craft and the Carolyn Tuesday and a few of the other things that have come about it's like you know it's a it's a wonderful um story that's being told, but there's a lot of things in the story that could be redone. Mm-hmm. A lot of character references and character portrayals that could be cleaned up. Yeah. I it, it's like I said, it's it's difficult to express that in you know, without going, well, you're this, that, no, I'm just trying, look, everybody's created equal. It's not soundbite friendly. No, it's not soundbite friendly. It's long discussion friendly, and it's a discussion that needs to happen, if, excuse me, it needs to happen eventually, because if we keep going on our present course, uh, yeah, it <laughs> doesn't look good. Yeah. Okay, that's my five cents worth, and I just fell off my stoke box. Anybody want to pick it back <laughs> up again?
0: Yeah, so then uh, finally we have one from uh, K Hirsch, uh, Twitter handle at uh, Lady K Hirsch. Why are why are all animation industries, regardless of country of origin, horny? What is it about working in the moving pictures industry that attracts horny people slash turns people horny? Um, Good question. I think because like when you're when you're doing animation, you aren't really bound to any realism so you can just kind of experiment with whatever you want you can f- chase your bliss well it, uh, it's graphic novel, so. it's
1: graphic like the gra- some of the graphic novels that are just like um you know well you know I got these ideas and I can put them on paper because people will never do this stuff well,
2: animation, uh, animation is about depicting people's dreams and Oftentimes, they are wet dreams.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of what I was getting getting at. Um,
1: Bravo, sir. Bravo. You said it
0: more poetically. Bravo. And also, you both said it more poetically than I did, uh, and also in a way that made me want to shut the podcast off right now. <laughs> Um. Uh, but yeah, no. And you, like you, you
1: capped uh, it pretty much PG thirteen. I'm 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 proud of you, Ben.
0: Yeah, I, and I I suspect that the reason that people are drawn to animation in the first place, um, you know, the, the flexibility of animation and just you know, um, uh, created art in general, uh, is also, you know also attracts people who are like, I have specific needs that cannot be fulfilled by reality.
1: Well, and, you know, here's the thing. When I first started doing this and telling some of my friends I was doing an anime podcast, I said, oh, you're watching that animated porn? (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So, I mean, I had, uh, at that time, I had great stuff that I could show them. Uh, Basically, I think everybody that I know has at least seen at least the first five episodes of Crest of the Stars and a few other things where that's it's not animated porn, you know, it, not anywhere close. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, this has got story and content. Yeah, yeah, some of the stuff is actually really, really good. You know, don't lump it into a big, big thing here and call it, you know, it's not.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> honestly, like sometimes, even what it is like, uh even when it is horny like that doesn't necessarily mean it's like bad i mean we all like kaiju well, or keijo not kaiju keijo <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. kaiju are cool but uh, not but not
2: <laughs> but not not in the not in the horny context cuz that would be yeah, creepy. well, well and, i mean uh, to
1: go to something i mean to, one of my more favorite series is when uh, Katsumi's in the shower and gets attracted by the uh uh alien. It's like, you know, uh yeah, it's like there there's but not, it, it's portrayed but nothing happens. It's like, now is that porn? Yeah. They're like, no. I said that's a scary uh, movie. Oh. Yeah. So, you know
0: oh. <laughs> Yeah I, I also on the other hand, maybe they're on the other hand, like, also, there are some shows where uh, maybe you should have just kept your fantasies to yourself. I'm Fractal. Looking at you, Mon. Looking at you, Mon show
1: I'm looking at Fractal. <laughs>
0: should, should have just kept that one to your own imagination. Yeah,
1: you should have just left, so, left
0: her sharing alone. Sharing it with the rest
1: of the world. <laughs> yeah, you should have left her alone. Um, yeah, it, it's the thing. Uh, and it seems to be a generational line. I would say... And I, I'm, but most of the people that I have bumped into that are over the fourth decade, press company excluded, uh, look at anime as as cartoon porn, and those under 40 <laughs> uh, know what it is because it's been tsunamied and uh, adult swimmed and everything else enough that you know, but these people won't want or had no idea or no concept of what was going on. And they just went by, you know, what they had heard and what they had heard was wrong.
0: Well, also like, I think an important part of, of Kay's tweet is that it's, it's regardless of country of origin. Cause like, um, one of the, uh, one of the more popular podcasts on the audio entropy on the audio entropy network. And also one of my favorites, totally reprise, uh, is about totally spies, uh, which definitely, which which very frequently goes to some fetishy places, um, uh, and like I mean I think we're all familiar with uh, you know E-Surance's former animated mascot mm-hmm. wore that cat suit. Yep. Um, so you know, well, and, it's, a, it's a universal thing. Well, and the, uh, and, and, the other... or, and like Ralph Bakshi, um, pretty pretty famously horny for animation made cool world well
1: and then the the other thing that I didn't mention but I will mention now is uh, your typical event where half the crowd is dressed up cosplay and some of the cosplayers wear outfits that leave exceptionally little to the imagination
0: (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, think, think, I think that's we, about it. much as we, that much as we up can the, analyze yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I think we, if we go any further, we're going to dive out of PG thirteen and into something that could probably get us in
0: all oh, Never mind. <laughs> yes, that'll be it uh, for the listener questions, and uh, thank you very much for sending them. Uh, that'll also be it for this episode of BacaCast. yeah as, I'll call always, the can, as, <laughs> as always, you can. As always, you can. You can send uh, comments or questions to us uh, on our blog at com or Uh You could also technically send us emails at bakacast at net, but man, that thing gets a lot of spam these days. Yeah, uh,
1: believe it or not, you wouldn't believe where I got the spam silver set. You should get absolutely nothing,
0: and yeah, I... Yeah. And yet. yet. And yet. They somehow find a way around it. <sighs> um,
1: Well, you know, there's...
0: Uh, Or you can tweet at me, as many of you did. You can tweet at me, at this
1: I don't tweet. My bird died.
0: He he does not actually have a bird. No. Full disclosure. Please do not send Larry messages consoling him about his dead bird. It does not exist.
1: Thank you very much. (laughs) I was going to go there, but you beat me to it. I was, I was putting in a dramatic. Figured I'd cut that I was, off right at away. Get that ass. dramatic pause in there, but <clears throat> that's okay.
0: Uh, I am the straight man in this scenario. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. Then, nope. three, two, you're a boy. Kitabosh.
1: You know, uh, I hate to tell you that lately terrestrial TV has been.
2: Anime good. Terrestrial TV not so good. And watch Vinland Saga. It's amazing.
0: Oh yeah, you can do that too. Sorry, I'll catch up next week. Bye-bye. Sorry. Recording ceased.